You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Training camp has opened. Players have hit the field at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, and we are going to break down everything we learn about training camp and preseason and regular season every day right here on Locked On 49ers at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. I want to tell you about the live NBA draft show happening Thursday, which if you're listening to this Thursday morning, this is tonight. It's the NBA draft. NBA draft legend analyst, Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host, Raphael Barlow. And Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage Thursday night, July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I've seen the studio that they've got all set up for this thing. Our partners at Tegna. We've got TV stations throughout the country. So uh, this is a really cool professionally staged event. Uh, I can't wait to see what they pull off here with Locked On NBA Draft. Croc, you have something to say about the NBA Draft? Are you pumped for these Warriors two picks? I don't want to hear any Lakers talk on this podcast. I just want you to know that right now. No, I had no idea the draft was tonight. So NBA, what are you doing? Like the NFL, I feel like they build this hype. And I mean, you've seen the spike in your numbers. I remember looking at the numbers and everything oh, yeah. with, around draft time. Draft time, I mean, it's like peak, right? I mean, like that's bigger than the Super Bowl dang near. And for basketball, I had no idea. They have to do a better job of building up anticipation for different things throughout the offseason, whether it's the combine. They have a combine. You just don't hear anything about it. The draft, like, I'm just now finding out that the draft is tonight. I, I I had no idea. And I'm on social media all day. The One of the big things with the NBA draft is, first of all, it's really close to the season. It's too close to the season. The baseball draft is during the season. So the timing of some of these things, NHL too, the NHL draft just happened. It's similar to timing with the, uh, with the NBA draft. And I don't think there's as big of, and maybe COVID's part of it, there's not the big college stars. Like, I can't name, any, like, I filled out brackets. March Madness. I can't. I'm trying to think of who the. I don't even know who the number one pick I'm, is going to be. I, I know a couple of names, and if you told them to me, like, oh yeah, I know that guy. But yeah. like, it's not like you have those college star players or even these superstar high school guys. Like when LeBron was coming out, there's nobody like that this year. That I'm like, oh, this guy's a crazy superstar. That some team, for some franchise, is going to change forever because they've got that number one overall pick. I, I think not only that, it's hard to kind of really build that anticipation up for the draft prospects because you get to see them for a year, maybe. Uh, some guys are like Kyrie Irving. I think it was Kyrie Irving that played like 12 games. The next thing you know, they're in the, they're in the NBA draft. So a lot of times if you really follow basketball closely, you, you'll hear about these guys coming out of high school. And a lot of these, but a lot of these guys, I mean, they're one and done. So for a casual basketball, college basketball watcher like myself, it's hard for me to, you know, get attached or anything or get that excitement for any other players coming out in the draft. Yeah, and in the NFL draft, it's seven rounds. It's this big event. You can find star players round two, round three, round six. But in the NBA draft, there's like maybe you might find someone in the second round and half of the first round picks or maybe role players or just wash out and sit on the end of the bench their entire career. Some Euro guys you never heard of. So I think it's less marketable in the NBA draft. But still, I feel like there's been a lot less buzz about the NBA draft this year yeah. than ever. 
COVID has thrown everything off, just the scheduling of everything. And the the, the season was like, like moved back, but then, and then the finals ended super late Then the draft. And, you know, it's COVID has a little bit to do with a lot of this, I think. But Locked On has you covered, so go check that out yeah. on YouTube. And the, I mean, the state, the studio is awesome. And so, look, just to look ahead a little bit. There, there's going to be some big things happening with the NFL draft coming up next year, and uh, potentially we have some uh, have a little part in that, Croc. Who knows? And I have been yeah. part of the, uh, the the Locked On NBA or Locked On NFL mock draft specials, me and Williamson, which is always a lot of fun. So big things where's happening it at? at the network. What's that? Where, where's it at? The, uh, I don't know where the draft is happening. Their studio is in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Is that where it's I'm being only, held? I'm about five hours from Dallas. Oh, four and so, a half hours from Dallas. Well, because last year, I think it was in Atlanta is where we had our little thing. Um, But we'll be in like a TV studio this time, I'm sure, next year with the Tegna stuff. If, they, if we try yeah. to do the same thing as what's going on with the, uh, the NBA draft. So we'll see what happens. And I don't have any details on that, but... After this football season, I'm sure we'll have a lot more details and, and we'll get into that NFL draft stuff as we do here. Um, we have to talk about what's going on with the 49ers and some players, surprisingly, that were on the field. One of them actually, Trey Lance, because he has finally signed his rookie contract. So that is done. Four-year rookie contract, $34.1 million was that slotted money. So we knew what he was already going to get. $22.1 million signing bonus, 6.2 cap hit for this season. And the question was always going to be about those offsets. I haven't seen any information. Did the Niners cave? Did Lance cave? I don't know what his offsets are. I don't know what the language is. The one thing that they probably were able to haggle about. But he got in before training camp opened, and he was on the field. We've got some numbers from those uh, quarterbacks and those passing numbers from Jimmy G and Trey Lance. But I think there's a couple of stories. Um, One is COVID. 49ers already have three guys on the COVID reserve list to start camp, which is odd. And John Lynch talked about yesterday how was 90% of the 49ers roster is vaccinated, which is a good number. And that's, you know, something that they were shooting for was 90%. But Kyle Shanahan said the three guys on COVID, which we learned about Emmanuel Mosley yesterday. Now we learned that Jaquaski Tart and wide receiver Jawan Jennings are on that COVID reserve list today. He said all three of them have three different outlooks as far as when they can come back in their times tables. So I think that tells us at least one of those players is probably unvaccinated because unvaccinated players have to do the 10 day thing. Like it was last year. Vaccinated players can come back quicker. Maybe one of them has symptoms or something, but is vaccinated or unvaccinated with symptoms. So um, I'm not sure exactly who is what, but we'll probably learn more about that. If one of the players is out longer than the other two guys. So um, anyways, bad news there. I mean, and for Juwan Jennings fighting for a spot, and one of the guys he's, two of the guys actually he's fighting for spots with, one is Mohamed Sanu. Jimmy Garoppolo was asked, how does Mohamed Sanu look? This was his answer. He's looking f***ing good, man. <laughs> Dropping the <laughs> F-bomb. Kyle Shanahan talked yesterday, Croc, do you remember about, um, or Tuesday, he talked about, before camp started, about how different Garoppolo looked in OTAs and how confident he was and, and, and how he was calling the plays and just the way he was, um, you know, just strutting around. Essentially, he's like, he's the dude and, and maybe a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And th- I think that's kind of part of it, right? I can't remember Jimmy Garoppolo dropping an F-bomb at, at the podium, no less. I love that. So a little attitude from Jimmy G this year. Let's go. Yeah, he dropped a few bombs. Um, there was another time he kind of let a cuss word out as well. So, and I feel like, when you are up there, you when you if you cuss, it's it's pretty intentional. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're aware of the, the setting and, and the cameras on you and who you're talking to. And that's typically not a setting where you're cussing unless maybe you like you're just upset and you just don't care. Yeah. But he was aware of what he was about to say. Maybe he just doesn't care anymore. And I hope he takes that to the field. Right. I talked about loosening up a little bit. You got a rookie behind you. He's going to be the guy regardless of what happens. Right. Eventually. So just let loose. And it feels like he's not only letting loose on the field, but just in his personality as well. And Kyle Shanahan also talked about after practice how Muhammad Sanu is different. Like he was dealing with a bunch of stuff, high ankle sprain. He wasn't moving like the guy he saw in Atlanta. And he did mention that the 49ers had kind of had some talks with Atlanta when they traded for uh, Emmanuel Sanders. They had talked about Sanu potentially being one of those guys they trade for. And they said he's moving around different. Like I got the vibe that Muhammad Sanu's locked into a roster spot. Just, I mean, this is day one at camp. And we probably shouldn't be jumping to conclusions, but that's one of the early conclusions I think we'll jump to. Stock up, I think, for Mohamed Sanu. They say he's moving around like he remembered Mohamed Sanu moving around uh, in Atlanta and much better than last year, which is why, because we talked about it when we, and we did project that Mohamed Sanu was going to make our roster in our 53-man projections, but we talked about last year, like, they didn't really care that they were going to lose him to Detroit or whatever. They didn't treat him like someone, uh, and and I think now we know why. He just wasn't moving around like he should have been last year. Yeah, well, th- those are good things for the 49ers. And, but like you mentioned, he hurts one guy, and it's Jawan Jennings, a guy who can't be there because he's out with COVID. And you look at Muhammad Sanu, and we'll get into Jalen Hurd mm-hmm. as a surprise. Yeah. But that that this is the competition for who's going to be on the field. And there's not much room for those big body guys because you also need a return man in the mix as well. Yeah, I don't think they can carry all three of those guys on the 53-man roster. So... Uh, and maybe the guy who's got, who really is a shoe in for the number three wide receiver spot and will be that guy is Jalen Hurd, who was on the field. So more on that coming up. Who was on the field? Who's passing physicals and on the field? And then we'll talk about a little bit of the uh, statistical production and what we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance in day one of 2021 training camp next. You can save not only money, but you can save time when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's only $216, the very same exact part from rockauto.com. Family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And rockauto.com prices are reliably low for every customer, no matter if you are a professional or an at-home do-it-yourselfer. They are stocked with everything you need, an unbelievable selection at rockauto.com. Everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for the inside of your vehicle. Oh, and the all-important wiper blades which was my first purchase from rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. It's funny, Croc. So sometimes I just throw away tweet Wednesday. I put out a tweet. D Ford and Jalen Hurd are both on the field. This is not a drill. This is probably going to be the most viral tweet I ever have. Like, that's how <laughs> surprising this is for 49ers fans. It's getting retweeted and shared, and uh, it's, it's already up to, like, a 1,000 likes, and it's just, you know, a dumb... Wow. It's, like, something I almost didn't tweet because it's just a dumb, unimportant tweet, but it was, like... I was blown away. I was like, man, D. Ford and Jalen Hurd 
Remember, I put the over-under on snaps for them at one for the season. Like There was a good chance that I thought maybe neither one of these guys ever played in the NFL period and, and not for the 49ers. Not only are, I mean, look, it's not September, it's July, but they're both on the field, and they weren't doing seven-on-sevens, but they were, and nobody's in pads right now anyway for the 49ers, but they passed their physicals. Nick Bosa also coming off the ACL, which is a big story too, but I expected Bosa to be back and healthy, and I'd already seen videos of him working out, and he looked good, and he looked... He actually looks kind of thin and light, and uh, I think it was Kyle Posey of Niners Nation said that he looks like he hasn't had a carb in about 10 years. So Bosa looking <laughs> very good and very ready and, and built for some speed along with his technique this year. So excited about Nick Bosa coming back strong for the 49ers. But D. Ford and Jalen Hurd, seeing them getting in some work with some drills on the field, that's huge news because both of those guys will give a huge boost to two position groups defensive end and wide receiver where depth was sort of in question and who was going to be that second, third, fourth player that could step up and and play if maybe a starter goes out. Yeah, we have to rip up our 53-man predictions if these guys just hit the ground running, right? And that was the first thing that came to my mind when I watched them, you know, just out there getting reps in, being on the field, being active, not just standing around. I think it definitely helps. I had more – I was more optimistic about D Ford being ready Right away, uh, I mean, this is still sooner than I was really expecting, but, uh, you know, they they were talking up him, you know, about this offseason, about how he was working and how he looked and how he was getting ready for the season. So, you know, I was like, you know, I think D4 is going to play. Yeah, and I kind of still there didn't were a lot believe of people that either. Him off saying he was going to retire and all type of stuff they were yeah. reporting, you know. I was like, not with his contract and what they just did to rework it. So he's out there. That's great. But Jalen Hurd, towards ACL, last training camp, I was curious to see how they were going to bring him along. Then you watch him, and I'm a big movement guy. And I am I was really high on the way that Jalen Hurd moved pre-injury, right? Like coming out of college, I'm like, this is this is rare for a 6'5", 230-pound receiver to be as fluid and quick in and out of his break, quick-footed, like all those things. I'm like, wow, I, I see exactly what the 49ers like in him from a route-running perspective. His three-cone was terrific. Mm-hmm. All those things showed up on the field in his movement skills. And then I watched him today, and I was just like, man, it, it, all it took was one rep. I saw one rep, and I'm pretty sure you probably saw the same thing, them working, you know, their get-offs on their releases. Yeah. And just looking at just the spring in his step, comparing his movements, and you don't know who's going 100% or how who's going harder or whatever, but just to see how effortlessly it was for him to – move fluid, sink his hips, get out, get vertical. You look at Travis ben- Travis Benjamin, who's supposed to be a much lighter, explosive athlete, but Jalen Hurd easily was just kind of past him And when they were doing this. And, and again, not taking a whole lot from that, but just from the standpoint of a guy moving very well, especially for his size, it was encouraging for me to see. I, I got really excited. Yeah, it's, it's exciting just the fact that they passed physicals and were allowed to be working out day one in training camp yeah. and I don't I, I for sure for sure we won't see D Ford take any preseason snaps we probably won't see Nick Bosa taking any preseason snaps Jalen Hurd though needs some snaps too so that's the dicey one and he still has to earn his spot a little bit because we've seen you know a couple of preseason plays two years ago 
in the fourth quarter well, of a preseason game, and that's all we are going on with Jalen Hurd, right. aside from what we know from practice and what we know of his skill set and what the team has seen in practice. And obviously, they spent a, a high third-round draft pick, so they like Jalen Hurd. So I'm sure he ha- he's you know pretty much a lock if he is healthy to make the roster, but he's got to earn reps in, in what his position is and you know prove, prove he belongs out there because he just hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. Yeah, it is dicey because he's been injured back-to-back seasons. So, but just on a more, I guess, natural kind of way this whole thing works out, guys, coming off of torn ACLs, if you, you tear your ACL in training camp of the previous year before games even start, you typically are expected to be on the field. But I just think because of his injury history, and the back. it was just, yeah, he had the back and then the, and then the ACL, and you're like, it was a little bit more surprising. But, yeah, ideally, you know, guys – typically are on the field after, you know, eight, nine months. And it's been pretty much a full year for him. So he, he's had plenty of time to recover, especially if he was taking his rehab seriously, which it sounds like he was. Right. And with Ford, you hope the ramp up is very slow because it's more important to have D Ford on the field in December and January than if 49ers are going to be a playoff team, then in September and then not be able to get to the end of the year. So that's another factor in all this and just because they're healthy today doesn't mean they're going to continue to be healthy so you know pump the brakes a little bit on that but it's just exciting it's fun to see two players that could be really impactful on third downs for the 49ers one offense one defense and d ford and jalen hurd out there moving around because uh, those are huge depth pieces and wide receiver three was wide open if jalen hurd's healthy it's not wide open anymore. It's it's probably his job, right? Well, not just if Jalen Hurd is healthy. If Jalen Hurd's healthy and Muhammad Sanu is what they're saying he is. You know, when when, when your teammates start bigging you up, because it's one thing for the media to, to kind of pick out, uh, you know, a camp darling or whatever. Like, oh, man, I love the way that River Craycraft is running those routes and he caught a ball down the sideline. But when your quarterback is coming out and, and, and your head coach and they're saying positive things about a player and how he looks, you know, that's that's when – you got to put a little bit more stock into that because typically quarterback stuff don't just come out and say things. And maybe he was just asked about them, and that's why he responded with that. But it still it still bodes well for Muhammad Sanu. Let's talk quarterbacks, Croc. This from David Lombardi, 49ers quarterbacks, day one of camp. No pads, obviously. Jimmy Garoppolo was working with the ones. He went 5 of 7. Trey Lance working with the second team went 5 of 7. Nate Sudfeld working with, uh, I'm not sure if it was partially second team, uh, if there's like a third unit in there, but he was two of three passing. Josh Rosen, zero for one. So I think we can learn a lot here. We can learn where the refs are being divvied up. Garoppolo's the starter. He's going against, he's got the first team. Trey Lance going with the second team. So that there, there's a clear pecking order, one, two. Now, number of reps, they got the same amount, but who they got the reps with is different. There's a first team and a second team. But I think we can learn a little bit here. Josh Rosen, 0 for 1. You got one pass? That's yeah. all they gave the young man? Uh, I think that tells you where they think the pecking order is going to be. And as we projected, Nate Sudfeld right now walking in as the 3. Josh Rosen is the 4 and is going to have to come beat somebody out to to get a roster spot. I do have a question, too, because I saw Jennifer Lee Chan report that the Trey Lance's pass of the day was a 40-yard bomb to George Kittle. So I get that. Lance is with the twos, but what is he doing throwing the ball downfield to George Kittle? Good point. Very good point. Because George Kittle ain't a two. <laughs> not, not. Um, I saw some footage of their of them doing some drills and working out and stuff. Not the seven on seven stuff, but just some other things. And 
Trey Lance is big and can move. And it was just so different seeing all four quarterbacks going through the drills. You know, you go through the drill where they have the ball and then somebody tells them, you know, go this way, go that way. And they, they pitter patter around and then make a pass. And Trey Lance is just getting so much further than these other quarterbacks when he's moving around because he, he he's just so quick and light on his feet and he's so big. And so just seeing him move around and you see him out there, Trey Lance is just so much more physically impressive than all of these guys. I think that's the big takeaway for me. We're seeing all four quarterbacks in a row go through the same workout, the same drill, make a couple throws, and not even so much arm strength, but just the size and the athleticism. Yeah. Trey Lance is, is a different dude. Yeah, I was listening to John Middlecoff, and someone had asked a question about, you know, if if uh, Mac Jones turns out to be, like, excellent, do the 49ers kind of look stupid? And he compared it to a situation, uh, the, the guy that was asking this question, Middlecoff, but he the question basically was, what if the 49ers drafted Tua and the Patriots, Patriots drafted uh, the, the one from the Chargers? I'm drawing the blank. Uh, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Right? So you know how, like, in hindsight, it, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, Herbert is so much better. Everybody completely whiffed. And Middlecoff's response, and this kind of brings it all full circle, was – that can't happen because the same issues that people have or had last year with Tua, that kind of equates more to what Mac Jones is, right? Not a very mobile guy, which Tua, especially come off the hip injury, didn't have as much mobility, didn't have as much arm strength. That's more of what Mac Jones is as opposed to Justin Herbert, who is like, how was Justin Herbert successful? It was all physical traits. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't like he was just like, oh, I'm just dropping back and I'm just picking teams apart. He was dropping back, throwing bombs, making plays with his legs, moving, throwing the ball more downfield. He had like the most air yard touchdown passes in the league. So it's hard to, you know, correlate those two things. But, uh, you know, just with what you're talking about, what it looked like with Trey Lance, he's a physically imposing looking prospect mm -hmm. and it's exciting for me to see my 49ers have a guy like that they had one in uh colin kaepernick and even then colin kaepernick was a little bit more like stiff and robotic so yeah. just to see a nice fluid athlete was you know has some nice touch and still has the arm strength and the athleticism really cool to see uh, trey lance is kind of like what you're talking about with jalen hurd earlier the athlete like just the way he can move and you saw it as a runner in college too with someone who's six four two. 226 I think it was that he weighed in just a hair under 64 but he had like a little bit more like a running backs um, movement skills yeah. Trey Lance did when he was running the ball versus uh, Justin Fields ran a 4-4 and super fast but he didn't have like moves and vision necessarily as a runner he just could take off and he's a super athlete um, I think and it was kind of that's kind of more like what Kaepernick was. Kaepernick was a build-up speed guy, a long strider, and he had no, great no. top speed. Once he got going, it was like, well, okay, he's running, he's outrunning angles over here. Uh, but in the short area, he didn't have as much quickness and, and as much vision as for as, as being a runner. It was just like, let me get out here in space and I'll take off and outstride everybody. And Trey Lance is different than Kaepernick in that he's probably not as fast in a straight line and probably doesn't even have as strong as an arm. But the way he plays, he's got a better, more compact release. Um, I think he's got more finesse as a thrower and he's got more finesse as a runner. 
you know, even though maybe he's not quite a, a four, four guy, but you know, maybe four fives, four, six, mid four, five, something like that for Trey Lance. So just really athletic, but really smooth in short areas too. And I think that's one of the big things that Kyle Shanahan liked is just the compact delivery, the short area athleticism to go at the size and not just uh, a really tight, big wind up thrower. Um, and I, like Kellen Mond was super tight, even though he was athletic with a big arm. I saw Kellen Mond, by the way, make a big throw in, uh, in Vikings camp. So I'm sure Chris Sims was excited about that one. But, um, and that, that's another, one of the other things you can't take too much out of this. I'm just looking at some drill where they're doing footwork and then throwing the ball 10 feet to a wide receiver who's not even moving, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's night and day seeing someone that big and athletic because we haven't seen that in a little while. And Trey Lance is absolutely different than the other guys. Yeah, it, it definitely looks different. And it seems like right away you, you see him, you know, in his first training camp practice, throwing the ball 40 yards downfield to George Kittle, there's just a different level of confidence in your abilities and what you feel like you're capable of doing. Now, he's going to have to figure out what he can and can't do, but mm-hmm. it is cool to see him already kind of making that connection downfield. Because once he gets comfortable doing that, throwing the ball to George Kittle, then everything else just kind of starts to fall into place as well. And that was a guy who, you know, you saw reports from doing OTAs where it's like, oh, being really safe. Yeah, high efficiency, but not really pushing the ball, checking everything down. And then first, uh, you know, first day of training camp, boom. 40-yard bomb to George Kittle, so I like it. All right, some more camp notes coming up. There was some issues when it came to that second unit offense led by Trey Lance in practice from day one. And what about Raheem Mostert's Madden rating as far as speed? We'll get into that next. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. You can track all of that all summer long. So many games to bet on. Putting together some parlays I like to do with baseball games. Uh, makes for a fun evening of ball. You get a, an early game, a late game, maybe a, an over-under in there somewhere. There's a UFC, MMA action, NBA draft props, some goofy celebrity boxing matches. <laughs> of course, you can get on that action as well. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online. Use your laptop, mobile device, whatever you want to check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses with contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. There was some cadence issues that they were talking about in seven on sevens and the the first the Trey Lance, uh, they couldn't get the, the cadence right. And that's like very rookie stuff. And that's why you can't have a, a rookie come in and win a job against a veteran sometimes in week one of preseason because you, they've got to work out some very rookie kinks and things like cadence and just getting the ball snapped and getting people in the right spot. That's some things that, that's going to take some time. And I think that's where... Some fans, they look at the college tape and they think, oh, it looks so good in college. There's a transition, and it's going to take some time. And for any rookie to come in at quarterback in a Kyle Shanahan offense and just be in full control, it's probably not even wise to expect that. Now, he might be that by the end of the preseason, but day one of training camp is probably not the time to expect that. But he airmailed a pass to somebody over the middle of the field, bad cadence, and they had some problems. But then he got him to jump off sides, got the defense to jump off sides on another one. So that shows some progress already on day one. And then you, like you mentioned, made some big throws as well. So um, I don't know if that throw to Kittle was in seven on sevens with the, the first or second units, or if that was just when they were filtering through with the receivers or whatever. But overall, I think very positive day one of training camp for everybody and that's the way things probably should be for training camp but got good vibes from jimmy g got good vibes from trey lance 
seeing some of these injured guys back and on the field. Uh, overall, big win for the 49ers day one of training camp. Stock up, everybody. Yeah, a lot more exciting. And this was in the offseason kind of going into it. The, the biggest question or what everybody was saying was, you know, if the 49ers are healthy, well, if they get the, if the, oh, the edge, you know, if, if D4 doesn't play, if Nick Bosa and they're all out there, Jalen Hurd's out there, we're not even probably arguing or talking about the wide receiver three position anymore yeah. because you probably feel a lot more comfortable with what they have going on there, especially with the reports out about Muhammad Sanu. So I think yeah. everything, there was a lot of encouraging things coming out of camp today. Oh, there was one thing. Kinlaw did not participate in team stuff with some yeah, surgery uh, he yet? He was on the field and he was doing some workouts and some drills and some stretching with Bosa, I saw. But his knee, which had been operated on, sort of swelled up on him, I guess, during travel, which is not yeah. a great sign because you got to travel to half of your games <laughs> in the NFL. If you can't fly in a plane this year, then there might be some problems. And remember, that was one of the big things with Jalen Hurd. Couldn't fly to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Uh, even though he wasn't going to play, he just he couldn't even travel because he couldn't fly because of his back. So uh, that's not a great sign for Kinlaw, even though he passed a physical and he was out there. They just kept him out of teamwork because his, uh, his knee swelled up a little bit on him obviously uh you don't like the covid stuff but you know not a lot of bad news as far as the 49ers go but w with d ford and jalen hurd it's so like what you're just saying it's so important that they because they fix the depth of both of those positions so much and all of a sudden you're like oh man who's the number three receiver what if iu gets hurt what if debo gets hurt what's that gonna look like well now it's like okay now you got a veteran sanu he can start for you uh, he can be a big slot for you Jalen Hurd can be a big slot for you. He could start for you, filter in the one, two, three, four. Then you got the special teams guy in James who can come in and go inside, outside, and be a reserve. And so then that depth chart. Two go with the guys you didn't even mention, Debo and Ayu. Well, you know, right, who, yeah, at, at the starters. So you feel good about going yeah. into year two and year three. So now the depth chart just really lines up very nicely for you. And on de defensive end, it's the same thing. Now it's like, okay, we got our big end in Armstead on early downs. Then you can bring in D Ford and Abelcom to come off the edges, and you can move guys around. You could move some players inside. You could play all four of them. You could even put uh, Bosa inside with Armstead and have this race car package, Abelcom and D Ford coming on the outside. And now you're three, four deep at defensive end. You feel good about that. So both of those players are really key. And if the 49ers get reverse luck from what they had last year, if they have as much good luck with injuries this year as they had bad luck last year with injuries, and they can keep guys like that all year long. I mean, that, that boats really well for the team. And at least for the start of training camp, things are nice. And even if Kinlaw, has some hiccups and he's not quite ready to go to start camp and it may take him a few weeks to get into uh, the swing of things with his knee getting right. The 49ers have a ton of depth on the interior. So I'm not yeah. worried about the interior defensive line at all. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, first thing that came to my mind was, well, Givens is ready. <laughs> DJ Jones is ready. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mo Hurst and those guys, they're going to contribute. So a lot of depth in the interior. If the 49ers do have to take kind of a setback or take things slow at one position, that interior spot, even with Eric Armstead, who's able to slide inside, I think they're kind of set up very well there. I want to touch on one thing that we were tagged in in a tweet, and there's a couple emails out there that were that I'm slacking on uh, that I want to get to maybe on tomorrow's show. But I want to talk about this one with Raheem Mostert. I don't know if you've seen the ratings yet. Did you see Raheem Mostert's running back speed rating yet? No. What would you guess? What What should it be in your opinion? What should it be, or what do I think it'd be? Okay, well, both. First of all, what should it be? I think it, and this is me, non-objectively, I am a Madden guy. I don't see how it 
it can't be 99 speed when there's no ball carrier that's been faster than him over the last couple of years. He had like three runs with the fastest mile per hour in the top five last year. So just based off that and what it looks like, he should be 99. I'd assume that they'd have him 96. He is, and I agree with you. If Raheem Mostert's not 99 speed, who is 99 speed? Tyreek Hill I saw was 99 speed. So whatever Tyreek Hill is, Raheem Mostert was faster with the ball in his hands as far as GPS and, uh, monitoring goes. So they should have the same. Uh, but Raheem right. Mostert, 97 speed rating. Okay, so then that's good. That, yeah. that, that is good. I, you know, I even saw them a little bit short going 96. Fastest, yeah, fastest running back in the league. And actually, what's weird is the wide receiver speed's way faster than the running back speeds. Is that like a gameplay thing maybe? So maybe that's part of it. Because... After Raheem Mostert, the next fastest is Matt Breida at 94. The second fastest running back is not even a 95. That's crazy. So there's only one running back over 94 in Madden speed. That might be a game thing. Like where it's a cheat code if, you, if your running back's too fast? It is. is it? I mean, I'm playing my connected franchise this year with, with the 49ers. And Raheem Mostert, he's going to give me about two, three good years. Because, you know, he's not, he's not young anymore, mm-hmm. right? But he's going to give me a few good years at that elite speed and it's easy. It makes it hard in the open field for guys to tackle you when you're that fast, but you start to wiggle around a little bit and it messes up their angles and you're out of there. So having a guy, I think ideally, you know, you got the 91, 92, 93 speed guys. They're a little bit, a little bit easier to control for the most part. Mm -hmm. How about this one? Derek Henry, 92 speed. He's, he's fast in the, well, he runs fast. It's kind of hard to explain. He gets he's moving. He's got speaker. long strides and can move, but he's not like a, a blazer. I, I think with all the other ability he has and, and tackle breaking, a little cheat codish there maybe to give Derrick Henry 92 because maybe they needed to make him good enough, and so they wanted to bump up the speed there, but a little too fast in my opinion. He's one of the top 10 guys. Here's the rest of the top 10. So Matt Breedy was two at 94. Uh, Kenne Nwangu, who's a rookie this year out of uh, oh gosh, Indiana maybe, was it? I don't know. He was kind of a Kudos part-time player in college. He's a player I thought Shanahan would like. He, Raheem Mostert was actually my comp for him. and you know, Could be a special teams guy as well. He's got a 94 speed. Jonathan Taylor, 93. Phillip Lindsay, 93. Naeem Hines, 93. Tony Pollard, 93. And then we've got Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb rounding out the top 10 at 92. There might be some other 92s, I'm not sure. But that's uh, the ones I see here in the top 10 of running back speed. Hmm. Yeah, no real speedsters. Aside from Raheem Mostert. But most clearly the fastest running back in the league. So I'm glad he at least got that due and, and quite a bit faster than everybody else, even though he doesn't get that 99. Yeah. Good stuff. We will come back tomorrow, finish up the week with whatever news we get from day two. And uh, I think they're going to ramp up a little bit. There's no pads still for the first five practices. So we won't see pads on for the 49ers until next week. But Kyle Shanahan said they started slow, going to ramp up a little bit on day two of practices. So we'll have some of those reports for you tomorrow and then they'll kind of go back and forth where they ramp down ramp up and then next week we've got pads and we're off and running with 2021 49ers training camp Croc and i got you covered every day right here locked on 49ers